Now on to the report. Welcome back to Reborn Report. I'm Don Pfeiffer. And I'm DJ Pfeiffer. Well, DJ, we didn't do a podcast last week. No, we didn't. We had to... Your sister, Heather, my daughter, is in the process of buying a new house. And in she, the process of... Getting her old house yeah. move-in ready for somebody else. Right. So she hired Daddy's Remodeling Service. <laughs> is that what it's called? <laughs> huh? That's what it's called? And, and Brother DJ. Yeah. So we spent the weekend at Heather's doing home repairs, and uh, we missed our time that we normally spend recording. Right. And I missed it. So today, um, we're back. We're back. And I don't know if you remember, but at the end of our last podcast, I made a statement. You make a lot of statements. <laughs> Well, at the very end, I said this. It's impossible to be in a good relationship with someone you don't know very well. Makes sense. Well, and, and, I, and I said that because it was a setup statement uh, because I want to talk about the true nature of God. Right. Who is God? Can, can we really know who he is? You know, a lot of people just think he's the, Great creator, the big cheese. You know, he's up in heaven somewhere. The big cheese. Yeah, they, the they head be- honcho? Yeah, the head honcho. They believe in God, but they don't really have any kind of real personal relationship with him. And, 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 and I think it's sad because I think a lot of people are missing out. Just think, DJ, if you didn't have a close relationship with God. I wouldn't be where I am right now. No, I, I certainly wouldn't have the peace and the joy in my heart that I have, and I don't think I would have received physical healing that, I, that I've got. Yeah. As many, a lot of other blessings. So I think it's an important thing to discuss. Um, what is the true nature of God? And in order to have a strong, meaningful relationship with God, you need to know who he is, right? That's yeah. why I made that statement. Right. Uh, we need to understand his true nature nature right yes <laughs> okay well i'd like to start today by asking our listening audience and our viewers this question can you recall a time in your life when someone got the wrong impression of you and i'll follow up with this how did it affect your relationship with that person well i know nowadays with like text messaging you can often read a text message and interpret it the exact opposite way that someone meant for it to be. So right. I know that happens quite a bit. Well, someone can get an impression of you by just seeing you talking with somebody else. And if they don't know you very well, they could get the wrong impression of who you yeah. are. Yeah. And and that, that, that leaves your relationship with that person not as good as it could be. Yeah, it's hurting a little. Right. And now the reason I'm saying that is because in a similar way, I believe many people today have gotten the wrong impression of God and his true nature. And I think even believers, because they read in the Bible, in the Old Testament, 
some of the episodes and, and some of the episodes. Well, some of the things that happened. The Bible story. I don't like to use the word stories right. because they're story, truth. Yeah, some of the events of the, the Old events, Testament. There you go. Yeah, you know, episodes make it sound like it's a TV show, right? <laughs> And I never liked that word hey, stories because it makes it feel like it may not yeah. be true. Be like, did you see um, Matthew episode three? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the Old Testament contains many examples of God striking people with leprosy or other forms of illnesses. I remember I remember reading one time where the ground opened up and it swallowed a bunch of people had, who had bis disobeyed God and didn't do what he wanted to, probably an earthquake, and they yeah. fell in. You know, remember he sent the death angel into Egypt. Hey, if, if, if the Bible were a TV show, I'll tell you right now, most of it would probably be rated R yeah. <laughs> from just like well, gore and violence. He flooded the whole earth. Yeah. How many people died during that? Right. And there was, there was counts of him destroying entire cities. And because people can read these events that happened in the Old Testament, people think that God is an angry God, that he's full of wrath. You know, they have an incomplete perspective of those events right. in the Old Testament. Now, God did flood the earth, and he did destroy those cities and things like that, but those events have to be put into a proper frame of reference to understand God's true nature. Yeah. And let me explain what I'm talking about. It's what I want to talk about today, okay? Well, the true nature of God. Two weeks ago, last our last episode... I asked you a bunch of questions, remember? Oh, yeah. So let me do that again. So, Dad, is the God of the Old Testament different in some way from the God of the New Testament? Or in other words, did he change? And the reason you're asking me that, because you see all the wrath of the Old Testament. How yeah, that's, that's what, if I were an unbeliever, that's what yeah. I'd ask you. And Jesus is all about love, or right? Or someone who didn't know right. the Bible very well. Well, I'll say this. God was the same in the Old Testament as he is now. And don't take my word for it. The Bible says in the Old Testament, in, in uh, I believe it's Malachi 3.6, mm -hmm. yep. for I am the Lord, I do not change. Yeah. And then we have referenced something similar to that in the New Testament. In Hebrews 13.8, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, today and forever. And forever. Yeah. So God is eternal and God is unchanging. Yep. So no, he doesn't change. And here's the thing. We humans have changed. Oh, yeah. There you go. Not God, not God's nature. And as a result, God has to change or has changed the way he deals with us. You know, this change in how God deals with mankind is the difference we see when we read the events of the Old Testament versus the events in the, in the, of the New Testament. Right. You know, Jesus is exactly like God the Father. And his life on earth was a perfect representation of who God is. Yeah, makes sense. Um, that that actually reminds me of a verse. That, yeah, you got your Bible there. I see you got all the marks in it today. <laughs> a lot of scripture for today. Yeah, a lot. Okay. I, I ran out of sticky notes, so I had to make my own. <laughs> um, it reminds me of Hebrews 1 verse 3. Let me navigate to it. Yeah, I don't want you quoting off the top of your head. I don't want you misquoting the Bible. Hebrews 1.3 says, The sun radiates God's own glory and expresses the very character of God, and he sustains everything by the mighty power of his command. 
When he had cleansed us from our sins, he sat down in the place of honor at the right hand of the majestic God in heaven. Well, that, that says it exactly, that Jesus was the perfect representation of who God is. Yeah. As Jesus is, so is God. Um, I believe in another spot in the Bible, he says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Yeah. Um, he said in another spot, I didn't come to do my own will. I come to do the will of my Father who sent me. Um, and the love and the compassion that caused Jesus to humble himself and become a man and to suffer death on the cross for us is exactly the same love that God had for humanity during the Old Testament time. We need to read the Old Testament within that frame of reference and realize that God had to deal with people under the Old Covenant differently than he deals with us today. And, and let me explain why. You see, the Lord isn't dealing with us through the Old Testament law anymore. Um, today, we are saved by grace. The law of Moses, right? Yeah, through faith. And our born-again spirits, remember how we talked about how our, our salvation is one-third complete in our spirits? are made perfect, as Jesus because says. Because three parts, body, body soul, soul, and spirit. spirit. And, and when we become a Christian, uh, the change that happens in us when we Bible says you become a new creation, a new creature in Christ. Is in our spirit. In our spirit. Which is what we talked about a couple weeks ago. Yeah, as Jesus is, so am I in my spirit. Yep. And that, man, that, make, that fires me up. <laughs> that makes me feel good that... Then I understand the verse that says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me because in my spirit, I am just like Jesus. Yeah. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead is in you and me. Right. We may not understand it. We may not know how to utilize it, but it's still the truth. Yeah, we talked about that in great detail. <laughs> that's, that's a big deal. Praise God for that. You know, so God's not dealing with us in like he dealed with the old and the people of the Old Testament times, he's not dealing with us with the Old Testament law. And like I said, today we're saved by grace through faith, and our born-again spirit allows God to deal with us in his mercy. Right. Praise God for that, that yeah. he's merciful to yeah. us. Uh, the result is uh, we are now capable of understanding spiritual things. We are able to know and understand the true nature of God. You know, God is love. We're able to understand that. Right. And his mercy towards us endures forever, the Bible says. Well, before you get too fired up, I got another question <laughs> okay. for you. What is the difference between the Old Covenant and the New Covenant? Or like the like you said, the Old Testament and the New Testament? Well, you know, in the Old Testament time, which is the Old uh, God had a, the Old Covenant with people. And in the New Testament Covenant time, basically just means law. Right, or... Promise. Uh, right. Um, the new covenant is the covenant of salvation that Jesus made possible through a sacrifice. You know, Jesus has restored us to a right relationship with God, and our born-again spirits have been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, like we talked about a couple weeks ago. Yeah, that, that reminds me of another verse. Okay. Second Corinthians... Um, I got it here somewhere. Chapter 521. Five. Says something like that. Says something yeah. like that. Why don't you read that? It says, For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sin, so that we could be made right with God through Christ. Oh, oh, oh. I can't. That, that's, that's 
That's big news. That's big news. Makes stuff. you so happy you can't speak. <laughs> I can't even speak right. Oh, that is good. You know, and people that were alive in the Old Testament times, they couldn't fully understand the spiritual truth. Think about it. Today, our ability to comprehend the things of God has vastly increased with our new birth mm-hmm. through our spirit. Um, prior to being born again, we simply couldn't understand spiritual things. You know, the Apostle Paul explained it in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. You want to read that one? 1 Corinthians, one book over. 1 Corinthians 2.14. I didn't have that one marked. 1 Corinthians 2.14. Stumped you. Stumped me. I have it highlighted, though. I guarantee you that. (laughs) But people who aren't spiritual, spiritual can't receive these truths from God's Spirit. It all sounds foolish to them, and they can't understand it. For only those who are spiritual can understand what the Spirit means. Now, when, when that talks about spiritual, it means, remember I said, when you become born again. The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes into you. God changes you. It's almost like a light bulb comes on. Yeah. Spiritual light bulb. A spiritual light bulb. And the, the Holy Spirit is able to interpret uh, the, the meaning of God because Somewhere in the Old Testament it says the things of God are foolishness to the natural man. Yeah. But once you once you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, it's like that light bulb's come on. You now understand those things. I mean, you had the author of the book living in you, right? To teach you the book, yeah. you know, teach you the meaning of it. Yeah. Um. And in the Old Testament, under the Old Covenant. God still needed to get people to resist the devil and evil and to quit sinning, same way he does today, but he couldn't do it by just simply explaining it to them because they didn't have the capability to understand spiritual reality, just like Paul was talking about. As a result, God was sometimes, it seemed like he was hard with people in the old covenant, like he was angry with them or uh, showing his wrath, but he really wasn't. That's just how he had to deal with people then uh, because of their, they didn't have what we have today. Yeah, right. Um, But thankfully God sent Jesus. Yeah. Praise God for it. And showed us mercy and grace of God that the Old Testament couldn't and didn't explain. But the truth is, there's no conflict between the two. Uh, the nature of God has never changed. He's always been a God of mercy. Okay, but why did God give the law to the Jews then in the, in the first place? Well, the law, in this sense, it, it means precepts. It means statutes. Uh, and it's really... It's a reference to the Ten Commandments mm-hmm. or the Pentateuch, which is the first five books of the Bible that Moses wrote. Right. The first five books. Law of Moses. The Law of Moses, yeah. The Lord has always been merciful by nature. Uh, let me explain. Until the law was given, about 2,000 years after Adam and Eve first sinned, um, God was relating to people by, by grace. If you remember uh, the story of Cain and Abel, yeah, um, murdering his brother. Yeah, uh, God extended mercy 
to the first murderer on earth, didn't he? Yeah. Uh, the law really changed how God responded to sin, but the nature of God didn't change. You see, the law was given for two main purposes, to answer your question. One, uh, to show mankind God's high standard of perfection, mm. and two, to demonstrate that no one of us, no man, could achieve that standard through his or her own effort. Right. Right? Except for Jesus, who was God. Well, you got ahead of me, yeah. because the law removed any illusion of self-righteousness, and what you just said, it established man's need for a Savior. Yeah. It set the way for Jesus, you right. know? Right. Uh, it's important to understand this, because the Old Testament and the New Covenant are really aren't compatible. Now, God showed mercy just differently. And the reason they're not compatible for us today is you can't be saved partially by your own good works, by being a good person, right? Uh, and then just have Jesus make up where you fall short. Right. <laughs> that, yeah. that isn't, it, no, that won't work at all. It has to be all about Jesus. It's all about what he did on the cross, or you just aren't saved. I mean, yeah. if you don't accept him, if you don't accept his redemptive work, if you don't believe in him, then you can't be saved. I know, I know that may be harsh, and a lot of people might not like that statement, but that's what the Bible says. Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. Yeah, that actually reminds me of the Apostle Paul writing, and to the Galatians in the book of Galatians, and he said that if people are trying to save themselves, then Jesus couldn't help them. Oh, yeah, read that. I think it's in Galatians 5. I'm sure I've got it marked here. Galatians. Yeah, that's a good one, DJ. Yep, Galatians 5, 2 through 4. Listen, I, Paul, tell you this. If you are counting on circumcision to make you right with God, then Christ will be of no benefit to you. I'll say it again. If you are trying to find favor with God by being circumcised, you must obey every regulation in the whole law of Moses. For if you're trying to make yourselves right with God by keeping the law, you have been cut off from Christ. You have fallen away from God's grace. I like when he said, well, circumcision was a way of showing God. Right. Uh, circumcision obedience. of the heart. Yeah. Well, that's what we get as, as Christians. Yeah. But in the Jewish days, that circumcision was an act of obedience um, just doing good works. Because God said you had yeah. to be circumcised. It's a reference to doing good works. But I like what it says uh, further on when it said um, you have to obey the whole law. What did it say there? If you are trying to find favor with God by being circumcised, you must obey every regulation and the whole law of Moses. Okay. You know, we we're, we think the law of Moses was the Ten Commandments. But uh, if you really study it out, there was over... 300 rules and regulations that people had to follow. Mm -hmm. And they couldn't even keep the Ten Commandments, let alone 300. Right. So, you know, they couldn't do it. And that's why they had to cover their sins with the blood of animals. We'll get into a whole other topic there. But um, no, it's all about today. It's all about Jesus and what Jesus did. And if you don't believe in that, you, you just can't be saved. And you just read that, that you can't save yourself. It has to be... Uh, it's only through Jesus. And if you try to do it through your own works, you're cutting Jesus off. Yeah. You know? Yep. Um, the law proves to us that our only hope is to be saved by grace through faith in Jesus. It says exactly that in Ephesians 2.8. Yep. 
We've read that before. Right. So, DJ. I could read it again if you want me to. I got it marked. Oh, you want to? Sure. Go ahead. God saved you by his grace when you believed, and you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. I like the way your Bible says it. It's a gift of God. It's through grace. Grace is a gift from God. Yeah. So, DJ, in the end, the law did serve a merciful purpose. I got another question. Okay. I've heard people say that God uses hardship to teach us things and to try to help us grow. Is that even true? That's a tough question. Where do you get these? You know, I'm, I'm well, a smart guy. The answer is no. Sit around thinking all day? No. It, it, I don't say you sit, don't sit around thinking all day. <laughs> no, the answer to your question is no. And as popular as a belief that might be, I may raise some eyebrows when I say no. The Word of God tells us just about the opposite. And I'll show you. DJ, read what it says in James one thirteen. James one thirteen says. Now, before you read that, I will say this. I will say, if if you if you're a Christian and if you follow God's word, He will never leave you, or forsake you, and you can get through a hardship, and you can grow. You can learn learn from that hardship, but God uh, didn't cause it. No, God doesn't use the hardship as a teaching tool. No, God, go go on and read what it says there. James one thirteen. And remember, when you are being tempted, do not say, God is tempting me. God is never tempted to do wrong, and he never tempts anyone else. Exactly. So that tells you God doesn't do that. Um, It's the devil who came to kill, steal, and destroy. Right. Uh, If God did it sometimes, then you'd never know what to stand against or what to what what to concede to? Yeah. Is this the devil or is this the Lord? Right. You know. Yeah. Do I resist this or do I submit to it? You know. It, it leaves you in a state of confusion. Right. No, the devil doesn't even come close to mixing jobs with the devil. The devil doesn't even come close to mixing jobs with the devil. No, God doesn't. <laughs> yeah. Well, you straighten me out. God doesn't come close to mixing jobs with the devil. He doesn't want to confuse us. Uh, as a matter of fact. Later on in James, it says this. We read this last week. We ended with this verse in James 1.17, one of my favorite verses. It said, every good and perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, from whom there is no variableness and no shadow of turning. Pretty close to getting that perfect. Yeah, I did that from memory. (laughs) I got another question for you. Okay. I've heard people bring up the story about Job in the Old Testament as an example that God uses tragedy to punish or test believers today. Is that true? Well, I've even heard sermons based on that. Yeah, me too. And we can learn a lot from Job in the way Job reacted to God and the way God reacted back to Job. Uh, we, we We can learn from that. But to use that and say that God caused tragedy, you know, Job lost everything, his yeah. family and his cab. He was a rich man. He lost everything. In the end, God did restore him. But to say that God uses that kind of tragedy to test us or to punish us, no. No. And I'll start by saying this. I'll give you, DJ, eight reasons, and that should be enough, why the story of Job uh, and what happened to Job is really shouldn't be used as a comparison uh, for us today as new covenant believers. Well, I got bad news for you. Eight isn't enough. 
Well, eight. <laughs> TV show, eight's enough. <laughs> Number one, Job believed, uh, it is believed that Job is the oldest book of the Bible. And I know it's not in the first book in our Bible. Yeah. But it is believed by most Bible scholars that have studied this out from the manuscripts that Job is the oldest book in the Bible. A lot of people don't hmm. realize that. Yeah, I never knew that. It was probably written even before Moses wrote the first five books, the, the Pentateuch, which we talked about. Yep. And, and Job lived sometime after the flood, but bef probably before Abraham. And so Job had a limited revelation of the nature of God. That's number one. What you're saying is he didn't have the books in front of him to read. Well, that, but he, he you think about where he lived and when he lived, uh, he didn't have as much information. Right. Number two, which goes right along with it, Job didn't have an understanding about Satan that we have mm -hmm. available to us today. You know, Job couldn't read Job. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. He didn't have the books in front of him. <laughs> he didn't know it was Satan. Who was tempting him? Who was causing the trouble? Remember, if you remember the story of Job, and I encourage our listening audience, if you don't know that story, read the book of Job. Um, he didn't know it was Satan who, who was doing it all. Uh, today, we know that it's Satan who comes to kill, steal, and destroy, John 10.10. 10. Yep. And not knowing who to blame, Job, Job rather wrongly accused God. Right. You know? Number three, uh, Job didn't have the covenant with God. You know, the book of Job never mentions the law, and, of course, he lived before it. And he never spoke of having any kind of uh, covenant or pact or promises from God. And I believe this. That's a good point. I never thought about yeah, that. Yeah, I, I believe this is probably why God re withdrew his protection from Job, because God didn't have covenant with him. Mm -hmm. Not that he didn't love him. He, he was showing him mercy the whole time, but he had no legal right to protect him. Right. You see, Adam and Eve had turned that over to uh, the dominion of the earth over to Satan yep. when they sinned. Yep. So when Satan challenged God on the point of Job, look at Job. He's a perfect person. Of course he worships you. You protect him. You do all this for him. That's what the story says. And, and Job says, okay. Do what you want, but you can't kill him. You can do whatever. God said that. Yeah, God. Job. Yeah, God said to. Well, I'm getting it all mixed up. <laughs> God said to Satan, "Go ahead, you can test him, uh, but uh, you can't. You can't kill him." Right. And, but the point is, Job didn't know that it was Satan doing that. You know. Um. So God had to remove his hedge of protection, so to speak, that he had been providing Job out of his own grace mm -hmm. because Job wasn't legally protected under the old covenant or any covenant for that matter, because he lived before it existed. Right. But here's the point for us today. We have a better covenant mm. established on better promises. Yep. Yeah. Does that remind you of any scripture? No. What, what scripture? Well, read Hebrews eight, six. Hebrews 8, 6. But now Jesus, our high priest, has been given a ministry that is far superior to the old priesthood, for he is the one who mediates for us a far better covenant with God, better based on better promises. I don't have that one marked. Wow. You know, the new covenant provides deliverance through the blood of Jesus Christ. 
And our born-again spirits, we talked about, are new creations, as it's stated in 2 Corinthians 5.17. And we are created in righteousness and in true holiness. Mm -hmm. uh, that talks about that in Ephesians 2.24. Those are all verses that we have uh, been over before. Yeah. Well, the fourth reason why you can't use Job as a proof that God uses tragedy to judge us is because Job didn't have any authority to rebuke the devil. But today, as Christians, we do. Mm -hmm. Read what it says in Mark uh, 16, 17. Mark 16, 17. You know, Jesus, people think of Jesus dying on the cross. Well, that gets me to heaven. But boy, it provided so much more. Right. Mark 16, 17 says, These miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. They will cast out demons in my name, and they will speak in new languages. Wow. Also, Jesus has given us the power to cast out demons mm -hmm. in his name, like you just read. Yep. And read what it says in Luke uh, 10, 19. Luke 10, 19 says, Look, I have given you authority over all the power of the enemy, and you can walk among snakes and scorpions and crush them. Nothing will injure you. Now, Nothing will injure you. He's telling you, you know, it doesn't mean you go out and pick up a poisonous snake just to prove the point. Right. Uh, but he's saying the, 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 the enemy, which is the things the devil brings our way. Yeah. If you, if you, if you are standing in, 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 in claiming the power of Jesus, the devil has to tuck tail and run. Yeah. People don't stand. People don't know who they are in Christ. Christians who get in fear and worry and anxiety and depression, they don't know who they are in Christ. No. They don't know that their born-again spirit is perfect, that it has the same power that Jesus had. You're right. They don't know that they can take that stance. And it's like the example I always often use, like say I was going on a trip and I had to cross the desert in my car and I have an old car that don't run very good and overheats a lot. And you said, Dad, I'm going to... I was busy getting ready, and you said, Dad, I'm going to put a, a, a case of water in your trunk just in case you need it, and I'm only half paying attention, not paying attention. You put that case of water in my trunk, and here I am driving out through the desert, and my car breaks down 100 miles out in the desert, nobody around. Well, if I don't remember, I don't know that you put that water in my trunk, I'm going to die of thirst. Right. So I have what I need, but I either don't remember or don't know what I have, and so that water did me no good. Yep. Well, it's the same way with God and what he does for us in our spirit. If we don't know it, if we don't study his word and claim what it says for ourselves, then it doesn't do us any good. You know, the Bible says the truth will set you free. Jesus claimed Correct. to be the truth. God's As word. we've said, you, it's the truth that you know. Yeah, it's only the truth that you know that can set you free. Right. You know, it doesn't happen automatically. You know, whether we understand it whether we take advantage of it or not, it's still true. It's still in the God's word. And uh, that's why we do these podcasts, to share this truth with people. Also, we have been delivered from the power of darkness. We've been delivered from that. DJ, read what it says in Colossians um, chapter 1, around verse 13. Colossians 
and 14. Okay, read both. For he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son, Praise who God. purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. Wow. Wow. So he has purchased us from the power of darkness and transformed us into, what does it say again? He transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son. Wow. Wow. So the truth is, we shouldn't be trying to get free from the power of the devil or sin or Satan. We need to know and believe that Jesus has already set us free. Yeah. <laughs> we need to claim that and stand on that. Yep. And when we do, we'll start just praising the Lord. That's the biblical truth. That's yep. just not my opinion. That's the truth. Right. The fifth reason why you can't use the book of Job uh, to say that God uses tragedy or judges us that way is because, well, a lot of people have mistakenly uh, assumed that Job was completely without sin. Right. The, the Bible does talk about he was, a, he was a very righteous man, and that's why God had blessed him. But we know that the only sinless person was Jesus. Right, right. But this is way before Jesus uh, was on the earth. Well, I'm not saying But that. Job did sin, and here's why. Because as if you read the book of Job, and as his suffering went on, um, he began to wrongly accuse God, right? Mm -hmm. Now, he did repent when God confronted him about it, but Job's sin was that he was busy justifying himself and begging God, why are you doing this to me? I'm perfect. Right. I've done this. I've done that. I've always followed you. And he, and rather than giving God uh, the praise or uh, uh, he, he started justifying himself rather than God throughout yeah. his whole ordeal. The sixth reason why you can't use uh, Job is because Job's knowledge of God was only from, now think about this, it was only from oral tra tradition. Yeah. It was only passed down through word of mouth. Right. And so his knowledge of God was limited and, and somewhat incomplete. Mm-hmm. Today, we as Christians today, we have the maximum revelation of God and his nature because of Jesus. Simply put, we know more, more truth about God than what Job did. We have the whole Bible. Like we talked about before, it tells us where we came from. Yeah. Tells us what we're doing here, how we should live, how we should act. And it tells us when we're, uh, where we're going at the end of this life, doesn't it? Yeah. Let me give you this example, DJ. I want you to read what it says in Second Peter chapter 1, uh, starting with verse 2. May God give you more and more grace and peace as you grow in your knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord. Keep going. I'll keep oh. going. By his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. That's what I want. We to have received all of this by coming to know him. There the one go. who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. And because of his glory and excellence, he has given us great and precious promises. Ooh. These are the promises that enable you to share his divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. There you go. Now, I'll, I'll go back to that. I want you to read it again because start the beginning and I'll stop you. Okay. May God give you more and more grace as, and peace as you grow in the, your knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord. That's good enough, but this next sentence is... By good. his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. 
Okay, now read one more sentence. We have received all of this by coming to know him. There you go. The one who called us to himself by the means of his marvelous glory and excellence. So how do we get everything from God? By coming to know him. By coming to know him. So if we don't know his true nature, if we don't know who he is, we're missing out on the things he has for us. He's already provided, right? Yeah. But we don't benefit from it. Right. And how do we get to know him? Through his word. Yeah. Through his word. And see, Job didn't have access to that. So um, we have way more today than what Job had. And I'll give you uh, this one too. Number seven, Job, Job lived in fear because of that. He had no covenant with God. Therefore, he really didn't have the confidence that we should have. Now, a lot of believers don't have the confidence because they don't know who they are in Christ. Mm-hmm. But believers today have been delivered from fear. The Bible says in 2 Timothy 1.7, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but one of power and of love and of a sound mind. Yeah. We need to know that. We need to stand on that. Yep. And not only that, Jesus carries it even further. DJ, read what it says in Hebrews 2, 14 and 15. Hebrews 2, 14 and 15. Because God's children are human beings made of flesh and blood, the son also became flesh and blood. For only as a human being could he die, and only by dying could he break the power of the devil who had the power of death. Only in this way could he set free all who had lived their lives as slaves to the fear of dying. There you go, the fear. You see, we don't have to live in fear as Job did. And and, uh, number eight, the reason why uh, Job is no example for us uh, as far as God punishing us that way. Mm -hmm. Um, Job didn't have an intercessor. But we have Jesus who he's not... He's able to not only save us, but he lives to intercede. Yeah. He makes intercession for us, the Bible says. Right. It says that in Hebrews chapter 7, uh, verse 25. You want to read that real quick? You're in Hebrews still. Start with 24. Okay. But because Jesus lives forever, his priesthood lasts forever. Oh. Therefore, he is able once and forever to save those who come to God through him. He lives forever to intercede with God on their behalf. Wow. The Bible also says if Jesus is for us, then who can be against Mm. us? Because of our new covenant, nothing can separate us from the love of God. It says that in in Romans 8.31, I believe. It also says in Hebrews 13.5 that God will never leave us or forsake us. That's right. We have so much more than what Job did. We, we are so far more advanced than where Job was. We can't use that to say that God, uh, what was your question? Did God, go back, what was your question Did about Job? That how God uses Job? Yeah, does God, Job? Uh, an example of God using tragedy to punish us or teach us something. And, and you know, I've heard preachers preach on Job that way, uh, but really, it's, it's not really correct. Um. We can learn from the book of Job, but we should know who we are in Christ. We're much more advanced. We have some, you know, better covenant based on better promises. Right. Well, DJ, I spent a little bit more time on that question, um, but I wanted to really, because the book of Job has been used so many times as uh, to show that God does test us and 
God does bring hardship into our life sometimes. Yeah. And I don't believe that at all. Right. And I don't believe the scripture supports it. And I just gave you, and I spent a lot of time answering that question, but I gave you eight reasons why, as New Testament believers, under a new and better covenant, that we really can't use the book of Job or what happened to Job as an example that God uses tragedy to teach us something. Yeah. You know, um, we're way beyond that with our relationship with God. Remember the topic of the podcast today was what is the true nature of God? And that nature of God has always, God's always been a God of mercy. Love. And love. But we have a new covenant like you read in Hebrews Mm -hmm. based on a better covenant with better promises with better results. Right. And when it says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, Job didn't have that. Right. So that's why I spent so much time on that because I wanted to to put to rest that idea that um, God uses tragedy or brings tragedy to teach us or to correct us. I don't believe that at all. I don't believe the Bible supports that at and all. And I think you gave enough reasons for anyone to see why. Yeah, and I, I just think that's man's religion. Yeah. Uh, so you spent so much time on that question that we're going to have to do a part two to this. I got okay. a couple more questions that I want to ask you about what? the true nature of God. Okay. So we'll do a part two next week. Well, ask me your next question as a little teaser. I won't answer it, but... You got a question? Yeah, you want me to give a little teaser? Yeah, so I can think about it. Okay. If God is so good and all-powerful, then why is there so much tragedy and suffering in the world today? That's a big question. Wow. And that's, you know what, DJ? Big teaser. I'm glad glad we're going to save that for next week because that's a big one. Yeah. And a lot of people, a lot of even Christians, I think a lot of even non-saved people really get hung up on that. If God is real, then why is all this happening? Right. You know, we touched about that a little bit in a previous podcast. The sovereignty of God, I think. Yeah, and is God sovereign? But, okay, I'll answer that next week. So stay tuned for that. All right, well, thanks for watching today. Um, I want to say I've had the blessing this week of a couple people approaching me and telling me how much they enjoy listening to our podcast. Really? People actually watch these things? Yeah, (laughs) and listen, and, and and, and have told me how much it's helped them, and, you know, the reason that 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 motivates us, yeah, you know, we're not doing this for money. How much have we made with this podcast? I think like three dollars. <laughs> How come you haven't given me my share? You're holding out on me. <laughs> so we're not doing this for money. No, we're doing this because God has blessed us so much with His Word and given us this revelation, and we want to share it with people because I think there's a lot of religion out there. A lot of traditional churches, and I don't mean to cut down any do- doctrine, but that isn't giving people solid Bible truth. But with that said, if you want to donate us, donate to us, we'll take it. I'll donate you to Goodwill in a heartbeat. <laughs> no, if you want to donate some money to us, I mean, well, we'll take it. One of the reasons we didn't record last week was we had a piece of equipment fail. Yeah. And it was a 12... $1,200 piece of equipment. Yeah, so if anyone wants to donate us $1,200, that'd be great. <laughs> well, I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> but anyway, you know, we don't do that. Do this for that. We do it because 
we want to share. God is so good. Yep. And it gives us a peace and a joy. Okay. It? You're rambling on. I know. <laughs> All right. So who do the Bills play this week? Oh, no. Oh, gosh. Huh? Arizona. And who did we beat last week? The Seahawks. So we can beat Arizona again. I got my Bills hat on. What hat do you got on? I got on a Blue Jays hat because they played Toronto in Buffalo. Toronto Blue played, Jays. No, they played in Buffalo this past year. Oh, okay. Past season. Well, I guess I'll let you have that. Well, again, thanks for watching. Please comment. Uh, we appreciate all your comments. Pre please like us on, on YouTube or Facebook or wherever wherever you send these things out to. I don't do any of that. You do it all. Yeah, oh, you got them. All right, well, thanks a lot, and we'll see you again next week on Reborn Report. See you guys. Bye.